Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime. Perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1320. Is Wellness Culture Duping You? By Stephanie Bonastia with jessineeland.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and more, just like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites. I'm sure you're excited to hear today's article, so let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. Is wellness culture Duping You by Stephanie Bonastia with jessineeland.com. Before I was a binge eating and diet culture recovery coach, I was a health coach. My interest in health had blossomed after the birth of my second daughter when I developed symptoms of Lyme disease and my once manageable anxiety skyrocketed into realms beyond my capacity to tolerate. Desperate for answers, I turned to a friend of mine who had recently joined a functional medicine practice. I was tired of being seen by doctors who only wanted to throw medication at my symptoms instead of seeking the root cause, and functional medicine seemed like the way to go. She suggested I eliminate gluten and dairy from my diet as the starter pack to decreasing inflammation in the body that may be contributing to my Lyme symptoms, which at that point were undiagnosed. Like the compliant perfectionist that I was, I entered the rabbit hole of elimination diets that, while well-intended, catapulted me into a world of wellness that took over my mental real estate. When a gluten and dairy-free lifestyle didn't work, I extended it to a soy, corn, and sugar-free lifestyle that promised to do the trick. When that didn't work, I enrolled in an integrative nutrition program to earn my certification as a health coach because I wanted to cure myself with food and eventually help others do the same. Surely, health coaches had the answer. My symptoms and anxiety got worse over the course of the next year. I threw everything wellness had at my condition. Maca powder, spirulina, raw food, charcoal powder, coffee enemas, bone broth fasts, 
and an arsenal of the purest, most expensive vitamins and supplements available to me. I stopped spending money on social events and clothes and dedicated most of my income to wellness endeavors and, multiple times weekly, whole foods trips. According to the wellness industry, I was healthier than I had ever been. Processed food became a thing of the past, like a cringeworthy old partner I had once naively dated, and I refused to eat anything that wasn't clean. I meditated in between daily bar workouts and seven-mile runs and had regular appointments with holistic specialists who encouraged gut-cleansing rituals and monthly vitamin infusions. I don't think my stress levels had ever been so high. The demands of keeping up with this lifestyle were suffocating, and the fear of not meeting wellness culture's increasing expectations took up more brain space than motherhood. It was at about this point that I started binging again. Interestingly, my 20-year history of the binge-restrict cycle had gone dormant during this period of wellness, which I credited to cleaning my gut and purifying my system. What is so clear to me now is that the mental energy required to maintain an eating disorder born of diet culture, which centers around controlling food and the body in the name of thinness, had simply rerouted into the mental energy required to maintain orthorexia, the eating disorder born of wellness culture which centers around controlling food and the body in the name of health. Although I didn't recognize it at the time and would have vehemently denied it anyway, I was struggling with this growing condition called orthorexia, an obsession with healthy eating. Rather than focusing on food quantity, people with orthorexia focus on food quality. Orthorexia is sometimes referred to as the newest eating disorder and often goes undetected because it is easily regarded as just being really healthy and is actually admired and applauded rather than seen for its detriment to mental health and well-being. Orthorexia is another way that disordered eating passes as the cultural norm because it is virtue stamped by wellness culture. When the binges returned, it threw me for a loop. I responded with further restriction, initiated in the name of intermittent fasting or a cleanse, but was ultimately driven by the fear that I might gain back the weight I had lost through so many elimination diets. For the next couple of years, I maintained the front of a health coach, guiding people through 21-day sugar detoxes while secretly battling the inner demons of bulimia, binge eating, and orthorexia. What I can assure you of here is that I was not alone. Many of the health coaches I trained with and worked with throughout my wellness journey were struggling with the same disorders, all while showing their Instagram followers what they eat in a day to maintain their golden health halo. Slowly, I began to recognize my obsession with health and wellness as another manifestation of my obsession with weight, living under the same disordered umbrella. What had once felt like a way out of disordered eating unveiled itself as another diet dressed in fancy clothing. The bottom line was the same. Rigid rule following, good versus bad mentality, cult-like followings, moral virtue associated with high levels of discipline and control, and oppression of the haves versus have-nots. From that lens, healthism was no different from sizeism, ripe with racist and classist roots that elevate one group over another. The realization alone wasn't enough to cure me, but once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. For a while, I straddled the fence between embracing wellness and just rejecting certain parts of it, 
because there were some nutritional benefits that still made sense to me beyond its oppressive culture. Eventually, I came to see that my entanglement with diet and wellness culture was too messy to stay inside of in any capacity. And in order to free myself of its web so I could differentiate my actual lifestyle values from its influence, I would have to abandon both altogether. It took me about a year to go through the process of rejecting both diet and wellness culture and come out on the other side. After a year of allowing all foods without consideration of their caloric or health virtues, I finally began to experience what it feels like to be well. Wellness now is something I understand in a different way than is currently marketed to us as vulnerable pawns of a body-obsessed culture. While some level of nutritional awareness and movement remain part of my preferred routine, I have also learned to appreciate the importance of rest, convenience food, joy, socializing, community, and creativity as pieces of a much larger wellness package. There is no look to being well. You do not need visible abs or green juices to be healthy. As a culture, I believe we have lost touch with the human capacity to be well via basic routes, like eating when we are hungry, stopping when we are full, moving joyfully, resting when we're tired, and finding joy in the moments we share with one another. There is a simplicity involved that is, in my opinion, overlooked. Laughing is wellness. Doing what you love is wellness. Enjoying your food, accepting your body, and finding self-compassion are wellness. If nutrition supports your physical and mental health, it can be an appropriate avenue to feeling well. However, if you think that your interest in nutrition has turned into an obsession that feels more like fear, it's probably worth getting curious about. You can heal from orthorexia in the same way that you can heal from eating disorders and disordered eating without compromising your health and wellness. The National Eating Disorders Association has outlined warning signs and symptoms of orthorexia as compulsive checking of ingredients lists and nutritional labels, an increase in concern about the health of ingredients, cutting out an increasing number of food groups like all sugars, all carbs, all dairy, all meat, all animal products, an inability to eat anything but a narrow group of foods that are deemed healthy or pure, unusual interest in the health of what others are eating, spending hours per day thinking about what foods might be served at upcoming events, showing high levels of distress when safe or healthy foods aren't available, and obsessive following of food and healthy lifestyle blogs on Twitter and Instagram. If you identify with these symptoms, please don't hesitate to reach out to anti-diet-informed doctors, therapists, registered dietitians, and certified coaches to explore your symptoms further and get support. You just listened to the post titled, Is Wellness Culture Duping You? by Stephanie Bonastia with jessenealand.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants 
So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. What today's author, Stephanie, shared about herself wasn't easy. And the fact that she admits to grappling with these issues is commendable. It's easy for others to give advice to someone with orthorexia or any other condition for that matter. And they may say things like, just stop obsessing so much. Here, have a cookie. Or like on the sitcom Seinfeld, Jerry, the main character for which the show is named, wanted to order an egg white omelet only to learn that this particular establishment didn't make egg white omelets. So he started complaining about it. His best friend, George, became frustrated with Jerry's complaining and blurted out, have a yolk, it won't kill you. But when we're dealing with a condition like orthorexia, just encouraging the person to have a cookie or an egg yolk isn't helping. It just makes both parties even more frustrated. Instead, as Stephanie mentioned, getting some outside support may be helpful. If you or someone you know meet the warning signs or symptoms of orthorexia, the best place to start would be to have a conversation with your primary care provider. From there, they can guide you and determine what's best. All right, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. I hope you're having a wonderful week and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.